Last week, I started talking on the topic of change. We don't like to talk about change because we don't like change. Can I hear an amen? That was pretty weak. But as, as we were discussing last week, I, I just want to remind you uh, that, uh, God, uh, that Jesus is an agent of change. Whenever Jesus comes into a scenario, it will never be the same. When Jesus gets in your marriage, your marriage will never be the same. When Jesus gets in your mind, your mind will never be the same. He is that agent of change, and, and, and he is able to fix uh, things that we've been trying to fix for years. He's able to change the unchangeable. And just because something hasn't changed doesn't mean that it can't be changed. Amen? Because sometimes, how many of you know that we take an issue to the primary care doctor that we should have taken to the specialist. Anybody ever been there? And Jesus is that change specialist this morning. So whatever you need to change in your life, take it to Jesus because that is what he specializes in. That's what he does for a living. And the miracles all throughout the Gospels and the Scripture uh, depict how Jesus would literally walk into a situation that seemed broken, unchangeable, uh, but before he left the situation, it was no longer just a situation, but he left it and it was a praise report. It was a testimony. People saying, look what Jesus just did for me. He changed me. He healed me. And that's what he is able to do even still to this day. And it's so important to note that the change that he brought to people, it was not just a tweak. It was not just a modification, but he transformed lives uh, that's, that, that, that is what he does, and what he did back then is still available to us today. Amen? How many of you believe that God can still transform someone's life? You're looking at somebody that God transformed life. He is still, he can still do it. He is still able to do it. He, I was speaking last week talking about spiritual metamorphosis. Literally, the word metamorphosis means to change the complete substance or object. I mean, he literally just comes in and changes everything about us. He offers us a metamorphosis. He doesn't just want us to walk more upright. No, he wants to give us a completely new stride. Amen. He doesn't just want us to have a little better morals or values. No, he wants us to have a better life. Even John 10, uh, 10 verse 10 says that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, not just a modification. He said, but I want it to be like a metamorphosis, a complete change. I didn't come to make you just a better caterpillar. I came to make Make you a butterfly. I came to give you some wings so you could fly above what all the other caterpillars are still having to crawl through. Amen. I don't want to give you just better morals, but I want to give you a new mind. I don't want to. I don't want to make you just a better version. No, but I want to. I want. I want your marriage to be like made new again. I want to do for you what that cocoon I was talking about last week does for that butterfly. It gives them that moment when God can do something drastic in their life. But a question this morning is, is that if God is not satisfied with just a tweak, if God didn't come just to modify you, if God didn't come just to slightly adjust you, why is he so obsessed with changing us? Why does he want to totally 
transform our lives. And I have a few reasons this morning why God wants to change you and what God wants to do in you. I may not get through all of them. I may have to finish next week, but I'm going to get through a couple of these this morning. And one that I really want, um, I want you to write these down, because here are some reasons God may be wanting you to experience this spiritual metamorphosis, this complete change in your life. And number one in your notes, I want you to write, he, he, he wants you to change for your enjoyment. Enjoyment. Say enjoy. Say enjoy. Say it again. Enjoy. See, you have three options when it comes to joy in these days that we are living in. I say it all the time, and every day I, it's just confirmed in my spirit. We are truly living in the last days that the Bible has graphically depicted all throughout the Scripture. You are living in the moment that's been prophesied about. But how many of you know so many times we get focused on, on all the chaos, the storms, the wars, and everything going on in the last days. But I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the last days because he says, in the middle of all that chaos, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. He said, in the middle of the last days, I'm, that's when I'm going to come and pour out my spirit on everybody. So you can either choose to look at the chaos or you can look at the spirit. You can look at the mess or you can look at the one who can fix your mess in these days, amen? I don't know about you, but when I talk about the last days, people are like, oh my God, I'm like, well, praise ye the Lord. Let the trumpet sound. I am ready. I'm ready to get up out of this life. I'm ready to go. And I want you to be ready to go. That's why God has got to change some things about you. So whenever that trumpet sounds, you can get up with me. We can go together. Joy. He wants to change you for your enjoyment. And in the chaos of life that we are living in, you've got three options when it comes to your joy. Number one, you can have no joy. Number two, you can be on the outside of joy looking in. And number three, you can be in joy. Let me break these down for you. One, you can have no joy. That is pretty self-explanatory. How many of you know somebody that has no joy in their life? Mm. They are miserable to be around. You can never make them happy. Does anybody know that person? Don't make me start putting pictures up on the screen. Does anybody know that person? <laughs> we all know somebody who has no joy whatsoever. It's like, it's like nothing can make them nothing. They, it is a choice. It is pretty self-explanatory. If you have no joy, that is because you have chosen to have no joy. You have made the choice to have no joy. Number two, you can be on the outside of joy looking in, or you can be in joy. Whenever you are on the outside of joy looking in, you have moments of joy. You can see joy. You can touch joy. But as soon as something comes by your way that, 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 that just upsets you, because you are on the outside looking in, it just washes your joy right away. But whenever you are in joy, whenever you are standing in joy, when you are in joy, Jesus said in John 15, 11, he said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain inside of you that your joy may be full. He said that my joy may remain in you that your joy may be 
full. He wants his joy in you. He wants his joy in you because his joy is different from any other type of joy that people experience when they get a new gift or when they make or when they have achieved a new accolade in their life. Guess what? That type of joy is fleeting. It is momentarily. It is gone. Whenever the accomplishment has passed, the joy is gone. Whenever those new Jordans that gave you the joy, whenever they are old, the joy is gone. When the marriage loses its spark you thought he was it but all of a sudden you woke up next to him and you rolled over and he is snoring and the joy is gone oh somebody's been there this morning I heard nervous laughter rising up when whenever that new job becomes familiar and it no longer makes you feel all special the joy leaves you but when God says I want to give you a different kind of joy he didn't say I want you to have that joy of the world no he said I want you to have this kind of joy why because this joy that I have the world did not give it to me and the world cannot take my joy away this morning. I don't care what's happening. You cannot touch my joy. The, why? Because this joy that I have on the inside of me is founded on the fact that when I go to bed at night, I am resting in the palm of his hand. This joy that I have, the world cannot give it to me because it rests on the fact of knowing that I am anchored in the Lord. And no matter what wind or waves may come up against this ship of my life guess what it cannot wash me away because I am anchored in the truth and he is holding me in his right hand this morning he wants to change you for your enjoyment he wants to give you what real joy is and before you can get in joy you need this change you need this metamorphosis and this metamorphosis moves you from a place of immaturity to maturity. How many of you know the older I get, the more I realize this truth, that some of your misery is attached to your immaturity? Mm -hmm. That choice you made when you, that was when you were not mature. Have you ever been in a situation where you were just miserable and you thought, gosh, I did this to myself. I can't even blame it on the devil. Anybody ever been there? I've been there thought, I can't even blame this one on the devil. This was all me, Lord. So many times, this, we cannot get joy because of our immaturity. And when God wants to bring you into a life of joy, He's got to take you from being a spiritual baby to a spiritual grown-up. And so many times, I'm not talking about anybody in this church. I'm talking about the church across the street. There's so many times people in the church are immature. I know you don't know any immature Christians. I know none of you are. But listen, so many times there's a bunch of babies in the church. And we can't have church because we got to change diapers. We can't have church because we got to have nursery. That's what I thought. God wants you to understand that so much of our misery is, atta is attached to our immaturity. Sometimes life and joy gets better whenever you grow up. 
Sometimes it gets worse. Can I get an amen? When them bills start coming, you're like, I better be a baby. I better go back to high school. But as you grow up in the spirit, you realize that joy is a thing that not of this world. It is not of this world. Some people will always have an opinion about you. <laughs> Some people will never stop gossiping or talking about you. But let me tell you something. Whenever you grow up, you don't care what they say about you. There will always be somebody who's got an opinion about you. But whenever you grow up in the spirit, you don't care about their opinions. And there are so many people that, that they get so wrapped up in what everybody's thinking and saying. And they're crying over people that walked away. But if you calculate the value that that person actually gave to your life, you really realize you didn't lose anything. But you gained a peace of mind whenever they walked out of your life because some misery is attached to immature people. You've got to understand that salvation is for everybody, mature and immature, black and white. We're all precious in his sight. I don't care, where you, I don't care what you did last night. If you need Jesus this morning, guess what? You can be saved this morning. I don't care what you smoked last night. I don't care what you shot up, what you snorted. I don't care. If you need Jesus this morning, Jesus is here, and you shall be saved this morning. And while salvation is for whosoever will, guess what? There are some instructions in the Bible that only the mature can handle. Mm. Paul told the Romans, he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then a few books later in Philippians, he is assuming, I, I feel like he is assuming that, that, that people have been listening. I feel that he, he is assuming that people have been talking about this word that he's been preaching. I'm, 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 I'm assuming uh, that, that he's assuming that, that, that people have been maturing along the way as he's been making disciples and teaching and talking. Because only a renewed mind, a mature mind could follow these instructions whenever he said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think, meditate on these things. See, the, 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 the spiritually immature, those that have only had an adjustment, those that have only had a little tweak, those that have only had a little modification in the way they behave, they could not do that. Do you realize how hard that is? I'm a pastor sometimes, and sometimes I'll get a text, and it ain't noble. And I have to say, Lord, this ain't going to ruin my day. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. He said, all of a sudden, here we are. And we get caught up. He was speaking, saying, look, those of you that have been changed, this is the way you've got to behave. The, the, 
Those who were not mature could not take that word and actually do it. But those that have been changed, those that have been in joy, those that, have, those that are not on the outside looking in, but those who know that the joy of the Lord is their strength, they can hear something. They can see something. They can get a text that somebody was talking about them, but they forgot to reply to the wrong person, but instead they sent it to them. Anybody ever been there? And you're like, yeah, I got you now. And you screenshot it, send it to everybody. Oh, they talking about you. Guess what? They can look at things like that and say, not today, Satan. I've got the joy of the Lord. You're not shaking me. You're not going to make me fall. I'm not going to lose salvation over something like this. Why? Because I've been changed and I've been enjoyed. Some of the, some of the words that were spoken are for the mature, like Turn the other cheek. Anybody ever turn the other cheek? It's hard whenever you want to smack somebody on their cheek. Anybody ever been there? Y'all lying. Y'all the holiest bunch of people. The command to pray for your own enemy. Whew. That'll get you. The command to do good to those that hurt you. Those, 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 those that, uh, those that are just spiritual babies, it's really, really hard. Those who've been in the faith a while, it's really, really hard. Because there's some misery that we can only walk out of when we walk into maturity. Sometimes you just need the change for your enjoyment. Number two, sometimes God wants to change you for your assignment. Sometimes God wants to change you for your assignment. God wants to change you for your assignment. God wants to change us because changed people change the world. Only changed people can change the world. Perfect people don't change the world. Can I get an amen? Perfect people don't change the world. Those that have been changed, they are the ones that can change the world. John 3.16, we see God's assignment, and his assignment is the world. It says, for God so loved the what? The world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life in that one verse, we see God's assignment, and God's assignment is the world. Guess what? The Word says that you and I, we were created in His likeness. You know what that means? Whatever He is for, we should be for. Whatever He is against, we should be against. Right here, He, 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 is, he is telling His assignment, which is the world. He was, for, he was for the world being changed. And in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, jot it down. Jesus said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. He said, I came for the world. Now I am sending the world. Now I'm sending you to the world. I came for the world. Now I'm sending you to the world. 
to the world. He said, that is your assignment. He said, go to all the nations. Go all across the world making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But how can you change things of this world unless you've been changed? Get this. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Listen, he did not say, you are the salt of the church. You are the salt of the earth. If we are the salt of the church, that is equivalent to salt just being in a salt shaker and just shaking. I'm salt. Just shaking. And this is what a lot of church folk do. They come to the salt shaker and they just shake. We just shake. We just shaking. We can only shake in the church. We just shaking. It's shake. And bank. We're just shaking it. We only shake in the church. Hmm. We don't shake in the world. Some of y'all are doing the wrong shake in the world. I've seen it. I've seen your TikTok. But we're shaking in the church. We will only praise in the church. We won't praise in the world. No, no, no. Ain't doing that. We, we will only pray in the church. We ain't praying at work. No, no, no. We just shaking it up in that church like that. We shaking. We we just saw. We just saw. And that's the problem. We will shake in the church, but not shake out what God has put in us in the world. We will pray in the church, but we will not pray in the world. We will sing and shout in the church, but we will not do it in the world. We will walk upright in the church, but we will not in the world. What good is salt just shaken in the shaker? It needs to be sprinkled out into the environment. If it wants to fulfill its purpose. Are you hearing this? Salt is so small, but it's powerful. Sometimes you cannot even see it, but it tastes. But if you ever taste that food, you know it's got some salt in there. Some of y'all having a salt rush right about now. Salt blends in so well. That sometimes you can't even see it. In other words, you may look like everybody else you work with, but you don't have to act like them. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you. I may look like everybody I'm around, but whenever I walk into a room, I want them to know he has been with Jesus. I don't know about you, but every time I walk into a room, what was he shaking for? What's up with him? There's a pep up in his step. 
What, did you listen to him speak? What is wrong with him? I don't know about you, but whenever I walk into a room, I want cussing to stop. I want gossiping to stop. I want to change the flavor. I want to be the flavor flavor up in a room. I want to change it for somebody. And God is calling to the church. I didn't call you to be the salt in the church. I called you to be the salt in the earth. And it's time we start shaking out what God put in us. We shake out our gifts. We shake out his blessings. We shake out the Holy Ghost on somebody else. Why? Because we come to church to get filled. And then God called us to go into the world to shake it off. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm tired of just shaking the church. Everybody say, I'm tired of just shaking in church. I'm ready. I'm ready to change something. I'm ready to move some mountains. I'm ready to break something. God wants to change us so that we can change the world. God, shake me up so I can shake it out. Hmm. Watch this. I need two or three people to help me out. You right there. Come on. You're looking away from me because you don't want to. But come on, I want you up here. Come on, yeah, you. No, 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 him. Come on, brother. Come on up here. You got it. I know you got moves. I can tell you. I can. Uh, you didn't want to do it, Brittany. You come on. Yeah, you come on. I know you got moves too. You two right here. Come on. Come on up here. You two. Come on. Come on up here. Come on up here. This is what I want you to do. We're the church. I just want you to shake it. Just bounce with me. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Come on. Come on up here. Come on. Bounce with me. Come on up here. Come on. Come on, bounce. Hey, come on, just bounce and bounce. Just just keep on, just keep on, just keep on shaking it. This is the way the church looks. So many times we come here and we just we just we just want to shake it together. What you doing? Shaking. What you doing? Shaking. I'm shaking too. And this is what this is why a lot of church. Come on, come up here. Come on, I want you to move here. I want, I want, I want everybody to see it. Come on, bounce with me. Bounce with me. Bounce, bounce, bounce with me. Bounce with me. Come on, guys, shake it. You're in the wrong band. Come on, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know you got it. Here we are. This is what a lot of churches look like. Us four and no more. Here we are. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay doing this in the church. Just keep on now. I'm okay doing this in the church. I'm okay, but I ain't doing this over here. I like it right here. This is what a lot of churches look like. This is what a lot of churches, they just, they just, they just want to have church inside the church. They want to be the church in the church. And those type of churches, they have a small vision. They only see themselves. It's us four and no more. Their vision only includes the people sitting in the pews. And if they're, and they're like, well, look, if there was no room for Jesus in the end, there's no room for that kind in my church. We only want the ones who worship like us. We only want the ones who dress like us. Come on, don't get stiff on me. We only want the ones, hey, we only want the ones who, who, who can wear a blazer like us. We only want the ones who know how to worship like us. We only want the nice ones. We only want the clean ones. So what are we doing? We're just over. 
over here shaking it in the church, and we just think everything's good. And all of a sudden, here we are. Here we are over here, and we're going through this. But guess what? Guess what? To these four, God wants to send, God wants to take these four and th- 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 this little group that just likes shaking it in church. They like having good church. They like having good music. They like the pastor to preach 30 minutes and no more, and at least one person saved so they could update their Facebook, and they like to shake it. But guess what? God is ready for this type of church to go through a metamorphosis. Now listen, this next one's hard. I just want you to do. I want you all to go through the matrix with me. You know what the matrix is? Just, just do like this. Come on. Come on, everybody. Walk with me. 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 And now, guess what? Every successful organization on planet Earth has this group in them. You know what they're called? The movers and the shakers. Because they can take what's in their head. They can take what God has done in their spirit. And they take it to the world and say, look what the Lord has done up in here today. And all of a sudden, come on, start bouncing. Come on, come on, everybody, bounce, bounce, bounce. And they start shaking it. They shake out the goodness. They shake out his glory. Why? Because they're overrunning. I can't keep this to myself. Mm-hmm. I can't keep this to myself. He's been too good to me. Oh, if you saw what God did for me yesterday, you know why I got the going on on Monday. If you saw what God did in my church yesterday, you know why I'm still doing this on Tuesday. Why? God is ready for the church to get up. Come on, get up on your feet with me. I just want you to bounce with me. Y'all can, y'all can go on. Come on, everybody just bounce with me. Bounce with me. Come on, just move your shoulders like this. You, you don't have to have a bead. You don't have to be able to dance. Just, just God is ready for a metamorphosis in the church. To get you out of here. Do you know how easy it is to do this up in here? It's easy. You can hate our type of worship. But walk in here like, mm, that's really good. Praise God. Anybody can do this up in here. God said, I didn't call you to do that up in here. I called you to do it over here. Where little Joe is. 